Chelsea fans, welcome back to another edition of the Lab and Matthew Harrison podcast. I'm your host, Shane Holcomb. Thomas Tuchel can't stop winning at the moment, and after a mediocre game at Stanford Bridge Sunday at lunchtime, the Blues will once again make the trip to Wembley for the fourth time in the past five seasons in the FA Cup. An own girl early on by Olivier Norwood, and another blistering counterattack finished off by Hakeem Ziyech in stoppage time was enough to get over the line. I'm so excited to welcome on to the podcast today, Stanford Shidge, presenter of the original and one of the best Chelsea podcasts, the Chelsea Fancast. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Chidge. How's everything going, man? It's really good. Really good to see you too, Shane. Good to see, uh, I mean, without sounding pompous or patronising, a relative youngster setting out on his podcast journey. You have nothing but my eternal luck and sympathies. Well, thank you once again, Chidge, for coming on the podcast. I'm going to start off by today with the Star in 11 because it was a whole catastrophe by that Chelsea social media team today. I mean, they released like three different lineups on Twitter. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. They had a lineup with Mendy and goal. They had a lineup with Havertz on the squad today. What were your thoughts though when it finally came out? Tuchel made nine changes today from that side who defeated Atletico Madrid on Wednesday evening. He gave chances to the likes of Kepa. Of course, handed the captain armband to Mason Mount. But also Billy Gilmore gets his chance once again in the FA Cup. So when the lineup was finally confirmed after three or four tries, um, what were your thoughts on it? And how confident were you going into this game? Um, well, um, to, to address the last point first, I, I was confident, although, you know, on Friday we do a preview show and I, 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 I alone, I have to say, was the one that said I've been around the block too long. You know, in an FA Cup match, anything can happen. And just because Sheffield United lost their manager and got dubbed 5-0 the week before didn't mean that we would do the same. And, and so it proved. As for the lineup. Um, you know, we have a bit of fun trying to predict what the lineup will be with Tuchel because he does throw a few curveballs. Uh, I couldn't believe what the social media team had done because it, it, it honestly had nothing. It was nothing like the lineup we predicted, which basically on Friday we got, we, I mean, you know, the real lineup that was released, you know, a little bit later by the social media team. We got spot on, I think, apart from uh, Kovacic, because, uh, of course, Jorginho's picked up a bit of an injury, which I didn't know. But Kovacic came in for him. We had Jorginho starting. And uh, I believe we had James starting rather than Christensen on the right. So other than that, we had it spot on because I, I felt that he would want to rest a lot of the players who absolutely worked their nuts off uh, on Wednesday against Atletico Madrid. And I thought I thought Kepa would start because he's been starting them, him in goal in the cup matches. He started Emerson against Barnsley as the, you know, the left-sided centre-back. Uh, Mount, obviously, I knew would come back in. I had a sneaking suspicion that Gilmore would play. Um, so there we go. And I thought he'd stick Giro up front because that's pretty much what he was saying in the presser. So, I, I, I mean, weirdly, I don't think it was a bizarre selection and a, and a hard one to call. It was pretty much what I expected. But I, Lord knows what the social media team would do. I think they might have just got the wrong file. I, I bet you, if you look back at the previous team selection you'll probably find that it was exactly the same uh, as the one they put out and I suspect that's what they did we've all been there nobody's perfect Shane it was amazing to see too because I was I wasn't even following it live because I was coming back from church and I saw my phone a half hour before before kickoff and I just on Twitter I was scrolling through and everyone was laughing at the Chelsea social media team for the lineup and we all make mistakes like you said but he finally confirmed it nine changes right from that Atletico Madrid side of course rest a chance for Kepo who I think did his job he had that one of course massive save inside the box from a Goldrick 
Of course, Mount Captaincy was an awesome thing to see because many people thought that maybe he won't get that again under Tuchel. And if Jorginho played, he wouldn't have. But Mount was trusted again with Captaincy. Of course, he got taken away from him later in the game with Cesar Aspetacueta. But I think that Thomas Tuchel, the great thing about Thomas Tuchel is, and I actually, I made a joke about this in the preview too. I was like, maybe we'll see Emerson at left center back again, just because of the fun of it. And Thomas Tuchel, he's done it again. He loves these left backs, right? He has two left backs on the bench. He's playing two left backs in the game. And it was just great to see Thomas Tuchel rotating the team, but also Emerson did his job at the left center back role. So I was kind of surprised to see, I thought it was going to be reversed. I thought it was going to be Shuwell as that left center back and then Emerson at that left wing back, but it was reversed, of course. Shuwell took that opportunity mm. and he ran with it. And that's what I want to transition into because he had, had some criticism over these past couple of games going forward, right? But he had the assist to seal the game. He striked what forced the Norwood own goal, of course. He looked more comfortable in that left wing back role this afternoon. He's kind of had to learn it over these past couple of weeks. He wasn't getting that much time under Tuchel in those first couple of games. But now in these big games against Liverpool, et cetera, Manchester United, and now in this FA Cup big semifinal, he's starting him at that left wing back role. And he's learning it a little bit better now. And he performed really comfortably today. I think he looked more comfortable. I think he looked less hesitant, which I think has been a problem for him in these past couple of weeks in that role. So what are your thoughts on Chuo coming back to the side? And he took that opportunity and he ran with it. Mm. Yeah, I got, I got a bit of stick really for being a bit pissy about Chilwell after the um, oh God, I can't remember the Leeds match. I think because I felt I felt that his choices were poor in that match. You know, he he made the wrong wrong choices, and and I thought I think he falls over a lot to a bit too much. He needs to toughen up a bit. But of course, after that match, he got a huge amount of stick on social media, which is absolutely abhorrent. And I would never stoop that low. I like Chilwell. I, I you know, ultimately, I, I want to see him playing either at left back or, and I think he's more than capable of playing uh, left wing back, as as he showed today. Um, it's just that Alonso right now. I mean, whatever one thinks of Alonso, and personally, I happen to like him. Uh, I think he's the best left wing back, you know, in the country. Actually, he's just got this knack for being in the right place at the right time. He's got, a, I think, he's got superb technique. So. I mean, if one is being completely honest and not biased in any way, shape or form, you would probably say that Alonso is the better choice at left wing back at the moment. Alonso cannot play left back because he just doesn't have the legs to get up and down. Chilwell, of course, does. But I think Chilwell's young, you know, and he will get better. And I think you can't can't underestimate the amount of pressure that he's arrived at the club under. They spent a lot of money on him. Uh, he was very much Frank Lampard's choice. Um, you know, if you if if you lose a boss who has absolute faith in you and was the reason why, I mean, it's actually funny enough, it happened to me. I remember when I was in my 20s, I went very similarly to Chilwell. I made a very big move to a really big company with a big rep, you know, my, my break, as it were. And I, I was picked by the managing director. I was his man. And he left like two months later. And I got this boss in that I hated. And it and it really screws with you, you know, it's difficult. So I think I think we need to be patient with Ben Chilwell because I think potentially he could be a really, really good player for us. And I mean, to, today, two assists, not bad. It's what, what you want. He did all right defensively as well. Uh, he's not perfect, but I, I do think he's a good player and I do think he'll do well for us. Thomas Tuchel talked about, right, the difference between Ben Chilwell and when he uses him in games compared to Marcus Alonso, right? He's talked about Alonso's physicality also being a factor yeah. of why he started games Definitely. against Burnley and Atletico Madrid on Wednesday evening. But Ben Chilwell, he's been brilliant so far. And it's kind of funny, right, because 
in the beginning of the season, of course, he couldn't play. I think it was those first two or three games. But if I'm not mistaken, it was Crystal Palace was his first Premier League start. He came in goal and an assist against Crystal Palace in his first Premier League start. So there was a lot of questions early on in these Chelsea signings. And he was the one that really came in. And because he has been in the Premier League, he came in and he was established. Of course, we went on that 17-game meeting run. And then every single player kind of went down a level. Of course, Lampard left. Shilwa was out of the fray for a couple games or two. But he's come back, and he's shown us that he can come back, and he's shown us he can play that left wing back role just as almost as good as he can play as that left back. But I think that Ben Shilwa, he's learned on the job. He's The manager saying, I need you to perform my left wing back. He's saying, okay, I'm going to do my best at this position. And I think he was really good once again today. But going forward, it's going to be very important for him to get a run of games in and, and really cement that position as is his. Because like you mentioned, Mark Salonzo, it's probably good for Joe that he has competition because at Leicester City, they didn't really have any competition for that left back role. But now at Chelsea, heck, even Emerson can play the left wing back role, right? Because he's been really good going forward for Chelsea over the past couple of games. But eventually he's got competition. I think it's going to help him going forward. It kind of stinks for him because... And rightly so, Luke Shaw has had a, like a really good season for Manchester United, but I don't think Ben Chilwell is England's number one left back right now on form. But I think he's going to get there in the future. We know how great he is, which is why we bought, bought him for so much money. Now I want to transition, though, into the front three today because I was really happy to see this front three because this was the front three that really got us to that top four last season, right? Thinking of Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, and Olivier Giroud really in that summer of 2020 helped us get into the top four. They started all once again today. I think Giroud could have probably made a little bit more of his opportunity. But Christian Pulisic and Olivier Giroud, we've seen this kind of partnership that they built over these past couple months, right? I think that they worked really good with one another. Maybe not as much as today, but once again, the attack going forward, people have to remember, there were some bad spells during this game, right? Especially even though we came out sharp after the second half, there was a good 25, 30 minutes that Jeff United were on the front foot and not us. So the attack, once again, and I mean, we were rotating players. Thomas Duke, of course, made those changes that helped our attack out a little bit in stoppage time. But what are your thoughts on this front three, once again, because this was the front three, who got us to the Champions League last season. Of course, Mason Mount coming back from suspension. Christian Pulisic, he's so close to making that spot his, but he just still can't get that goal or assist contribution, even though he's doing a lot of other things pretty well. I think Tuchel's got a problem. He's done really, really well with the defence. He's doing better with the midfield, but he's still trying to find a way to get the best out of the abundance of frustratingly very similar attacking talents that we've got. And I think he's also hampered by the fact that some of them are just not in form. I mean, one thing that we should mention is the way the referee handled it, which is absolutely appallingly. Basically, Sheffield United, a team of cloggers from up north, were fouling Pulisic and Mount in rotation. If we as fans can see that, why on earth can the referee not see that? And the way you stamp it out is you book them. The first time they do it, you book them, and then you stop it, you nip it in the bud. And he didn't. And I thought that that was appalling. I, I really feel for Pulisic. Pulisic, last year, established himself, I think, as a hugely talented and exciting Chelsea player. I mean, I think towards the end of the season, he was our best player by a long way. Today, I thought we saw glimpses of what we know and love with Pulisic. And he just needs a bit of time, I think, to get that confidence back. You see, you can get mentally tired as well as physically tired. And sometimes when you get physically tired, you get mentally tired too. And that's when you make mistakes. And I think that's what was happening. I mean, I think it's really interesting what you're saying about hudson Odoi. I think he's wasted as a right wing back, although I'm delighted to see him playing because I think, again, he's a huge, immense talent. But I think that underlines the problem that Tuchel has got. Tuchel has got lots of really brilliant wingers 
and he's playing a system with no wingers. Bring in Ziyech, you bring in Pulisic, you bring in Hudson-Odoi. You're bringing them into positions where that's not where they play. They're wingers. And Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi are both left wingers who like to cut inside on their right. Uh, Ziyech is a right winger who likes to cut inside on his left. So that's great. But if you don't play a system where you have wingers, you get this problem, I feel. And I think that's what Tuchel's got to sort out. He's got to say, okay, I'm going to carry on playing 3-4-2-1, which means I'm not going to play with wingers. Okay. And then I've got to find the best two number 10s and striker to play in the two plus one. Really, for me, right now, all things being equal, everybody fit, I would have Werner or, or Havertz, Mount and Tammy Abraham, but I would settle for uh, Werner, Mount and Havertz. Mm. And I think that's where we'll probably end up with Tuchel mm. until we buy somebody, which I think we will. Hudson-Odoi too, right? I mean, he's like you mentioned, he's been getting a lot of more game time under Tuchel and it's a player that right away from the first game, we were like, Tuchel's playing Hudson-Odoi at, at right wing back. Like, what is he doing? And then, and then, I mean, he's had some good performances on that right side, but like you said, I think he offers so much more if you, because he is such an incredible talent. And we saw even in that short glimpse against Everton, when he did play on that left-hand side as one of those number 10s, he was brilliant, right? Coming from the left onto his right. So I think Cullum, he just needs a little bit more game time at that left win role because he's been playing a lot of that win back role. I think that's Reese James's spot. Honestly, going forward, that's Reese James's spot as that right wing back role if Tuchel continues to play a back three. But I want to move into the second half now because Tuchel, the first half, of course, we got that own goal. We're going to the break, one nothing up. And then he makes no substitutions coming out of halftime, which somewhat surprised me. But Chelsea had a little bit of a five-minute spell, which included that Pulisic. I think that's when Pulisic got that really awesome dribble. But then Sheffield United took it to Chelsea for a good 25, 30 minutes, right? So what are your thoughts on the second half, you mentioned a little bit before we recorded that you think that the second half was worse than the first half. So what are your thoughts on that half? But also, what do you think went wrong for Chelsea? Because the Sheffield United team, one of the worst attacking teams in all of England, took it to us for a good 25 minutes. Well, you, you just answered the question, Shane. They, they You know, Sheffield United took it to us. You know, they put us under pressure and we crumbled a bit under that pressure. You know, as, as teams will, you know, you're playing a Premier... I mean, no matter what you think of Sheffield United, they're a Premier League side. Well, for a little while, yet, You know, but they're not idiots, you know. And if you get if you get pressured, if you've got a team that suddenly comes out in the second half with desire, if you come out, you know, with a side that's trying to play a more direct kind of football, which is what they were, you know, basically I think that Tyndall and Heckingbottom said, right, look, don't try and play Chelsea at their own game because you're going to get whipped here. You know, stop stop with the short passes that you keep passing out into the into touch. Go wide, go quick, go long, stick it in the box, or in the old, in old-fashioned old terms, stick it in the mixer. Because if you do that, any side will suddenly feel under pressure, and that's what happened, I think. And I think the interesting thing, the most interesting thing about the second half was the way that the possession stats worked out. You know, I think we were about 70-30 first half, and it was more like 55-45 second half. So they really, they actually did very, very well to keep the ball, I thought, a lot better, Sheffield United. And I think I agree with Tuchel, what he said afterwards. We, we under that pressure, we, start, we started to get tired and we started to make more mistakes. But, you know, if, you, if this is the trouble, Shane, if you, we are brilliant defensively at the moment. Um, and even though with Kepper and goal, I was a little bit worried we might concede one. And actually on another day, we would have done. I mean, if McGoldrick, McGoldrick it was harder for McGoldrick to miss that header than to score it. 
and then Brewster wasn't far away and there was another chance I think that really had me you know hiding behind the sofa but this is what happens okay we're great defensively but if we do not put our chances away you are always vulnerable to that and I mean you know I have a discord group going and on I have a WhatsApp group going on. I was on Twitter as well. And everybody, all my old mates were saying, there's a goal coming here. You could feel it. So we got away with that. Definitely, second half. McGoldrick, too, against Chelsea, he's always brilliant, right? Which is why I was so surprised yeah. that he didn't put that away. He seems like he always scores against us. But I mean, like you said, like he was, it was hard to, to miss that than score because even if he hits it, and the commentators mentioned this also, even because he was trying to kind of finesse it into that bottom right-hand corner, but even if he hits the right of Kepa, it probably goes in, right? Because Kepa's moving left to right. So I think McGoldrick made a mess of it. I think Chelsea... In the Champions League, I think it might be showed when they play these high-attacking teams that can score goals, that if they're not taking their chances, they're not going to be able to win any more ties of the Champions League, right? Because they're going to play in all these really great attacking ties that do take their chances, like the Bayern Munich, like the Manchester Cities of the world. So, yeah, that's a, one area that they have to get better at. But also, I think an improvement for Chelsea that they have to make, I, and it's, I've been observing this over the past couple matches, is just the dribbling out from the back or the passing out from the back. I think with Rudiger, Christensen, and as for the Quieta, it's been a little bit better, but I think it's still a problem because we saw today even Mendy, I think, needs to get a little bit better passing out from the back. I think that the center backs need to get a little bit better passing out from the back because there are mistakes to be there. And like you mentioned, it was it was coming for a goal, right? The goal was coming for Sheffield United, and the opportunity was there, and they just didn't take it. So we got a little bit lucky, but I think when Thomas Tuchel made the substitutions, including the likes of Cesar Aspilicueta, Reese James, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech, they made a difference. And I wanna, that's what I want to move into right now because Reese James, he played that right wing back role. As for the Quetta, of course, filled in for Christensen at that right-hand side in the center back three. And then Kai Havertz, I think, had a pretty good game impact-wise, energy-wise, in that more central forward position for Chelsea today. So what are your thoughts on the substitutions? Because, of course, Hakim Ziyech got the goal in the counter attack with a great finish. But those substitutions made Chelsea's attack a lot more lively and it made us feel a little bit more comfortable that we could finish out the game because Sheffield United looked like they were going to score the equalizer for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I thought they were interesting. Um, I think Christensen went off because I think he might have been struggling a bit. You know, I mean, he was ill, wasn't he, for Atletico Madrid, so maybe there was something going on with that because I wouldn't have taken him off because I thought he was playing quite well. Uh, Giroud coming off, I hate to see, you know... It, Look, I, I like to play with a striker. Even though he might have been having a, a fairly innocuous match, you know that he's capable of scoring a goal in a flash because he's that kind of a striker. So I was surprised to see a striker coming off and Christensen coming off for a wing back. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, he brought on Aspie, didn't he, as well? So I thought that was a bit odd. Uh, and I thought it was very early, too. If he was trying to close out the game, I was thinking, no, too early for that. Then he kind of figured it out, actually, when we were under the cosh for the next 20 minutes or so, and he brought Havertz and Ziyech on for Gilmore and Hudson-Odoi. I thought I thought Hudson-Odoi coming off, I, I agree with. I don't think he was having a particularly good game. I thought it was a bit harsh on Billy Gilmore. I thought he had a decent game, to be fair. But, you know... Uh, you can't argue with it. I mean, Ziyech scores the winning goal and it was a really, really well-worked well goal. And uh, Havertz gives us a bit of presence up, up, you know, up front as well. So that made sense to me. And, and then he brought Kante on, didn't he, for Pulisic right at the death to try and close the game out. So that, that made sense. But uh, I was a bit surprised by the first two, I have to say. 
Hakeem Ziyech, too, he made that impact from the bench. Of course, it's good for him right now because he was having a little bit of a hard spell just putting the ball in the back of the net, right? He took on his left foot, and he finished the goal that he probably would have been finishing a couple of weeks ago, right? I think that was some of the, due to the confidence that he that he got when he scored the goal against Atletico Madrid. But real quick, before we finish up here, I want to move on to the clean sheet aspect of things because we're going forward. Chelsea and the FA Cup are going to have to play a hard team, of course, to win the final, right? Because the likes of Manchester City are still in it. Uh, the one of Manchester United and Leicester City are going to be in it as well. So thoughts going forward for Chelsea's chances in the FA Cup because this is a competition that we were so close to winning it last year. And this is a trophy that's going to be so important for us going forward to give us confidence, but also to give Tuchel reassurance job going forward for Chelsea. It would be such a great trophy to win. We're going to go through some hard opponents to get there, but with this defense and if we're scoring two or three goals per game, I think we can do it. So what are your thoughts just going forward in the FA Cup and how confident are you on our chances to lift the trophy in May? Well, I mean, it's a cup competition, so how, how confident can you ever really be? But I, I have to be honest that before the season even started, I thought that we might win the FA Cup this year because it's very Chelsea to lose the final one year and then go back and win it the next year. So I had a feeling that we might do well in it, although that, that was more, I thought, it'd be a bit of redemption for Frank, but of course he's no longer here. Um I mean, the reality is, Shane, the way that you've got Tuchel set up now or how he is set up now, uh, it, I think it equips us to do really, really well in cup competitions because, you know, if you don't concede, if you've got, I mean, you know, it's, it's now over 11 hours since we conceded the goal at Stamford Bridge. We've, we've conceded two in 14 matches, one of which was an own goal, of course. You know, if you're not conceding goals, you've always got a chance in a game because you're not going to get beaten. You know, you've got the other team who've got to score against you. So if you can nick one or two, then you're going to win, aren't you? So that that's really good. And that's that's a great way to go and win uh, cup competitions. And I think in a funny old sense, what we did to Atletico Madrid kind of underlines that. I mean, I actually think we've we've even got a good chance in that now because, again, you know, if you're not conceding goals, providing you get one up the other end, you're always going to have a good chance. It's a cup competition. It's knockout. So uh, the other thing is, you know, you say, what is it, four and five? I mean, it's that's this is now, our, I think, 11th semifinal or 12th semifinal in 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 uh, in 20 or something like that. 25th semifinal overall. You know, and if we don't win a trophy this year, it'll be the first time we've gone without a trophy in two seasons since Abramovich bought the club. So I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion. Tommy Tuchel will get us over the line. Uh, I, I've more realistically the FA cup uh, because the champions league is still very difficult. And we got, I mean, Porto won't be a pushover uh, Liverpool, no matter how poor they've been playing will not be easy in the champions league. Real Madrid are Real Madrid, even though they've not been that brilliant. And then you've got to beat the likes of, uh, you know, if Man City is still in it, Bayern Munich are a, are a hell of a side. That'd be a very, really tough gig. Even, I mean, even if they lose to PSG, PSG are a decent side. So the Champions League is always very, very hard. But you need a bit of luck. That's that's the thing. You need luck to win cup competitions. We had no luck in the FA Cup final last year, if you remember. None whatsoever. I mean, I know Tank Frank probably got it wrong tactically, but we didn't have any luck. Um, Tuchel, to me seems to be a lucky manager, I have to say. If you look back over those 14 results, you can see that there's been a bit of luck here and there. And you need it. I mean, Wednesday night, you know, on another day, 
that could have been a penalty after about 10 minutes when Aspie brought um, whoever he brought down. Uh, and that's a different game. So, you know, you need a bit of luck in cup competitions. And I, I've got a feeling that Tommy T is a lucky general. And I like that. You mentioned how Tugel's, I guess, coaching coaching tactics that helps us win comp competitions because he's shown that he can rotate all these players and still have success right in different systems but also different personnel which is why i think in a cup competition when you have to rotate from premier league games but you're still getting the job done and we're still going on to the semifinals of both of these competitions of course the champions it's going to be a lot harder like you mentioned but it's possible to get to the semifinal for the champions league since the first time since 2014 right so they're going in the right direction thomas duke he's got the squad to rotate to get to the cop competitions, to win the cop competitions, which hopefully he does with the FA Cup this season. Yeah, I mean, just as a, just a quick point on, on what we were talking about, there's another reason why it's not fanciful to think that Chelsea might do quite well towards the end of the season. A lot of teams are struggling, both here and in Europe, because of the weird conditions we're under, lockdown, no fans, huge amounts of games in a short space of time. Uh, and and I, the reason I wanted to mention it is because you just mentioned the squad. We've got a really good big squad, and actually, what Tuchel's doing is he's he's trying to make sure everybody's getting a you know getting a game here and there, which keeps them fresh and it keeps them motivated. And and we have got a big and we have got a decent squad. And and I wonder if that depth and freshness might help certainly in the run-ins for the FA Cup and the Champions League. Because you look, I mean, look at Barcelona and Real Madrid this season. They've been struggling. Atletico Madrid are, are, are leading La Liga. Liverpool, loads of injuries, been really poor this season. Teams getting beat by teams you don't expect to get beaten by. So this is a really bonkers season and we might be able to take advantage of that. So there we go. Anyway, now I'm going to bore you all about me, shall I? I mean, if you, there are people yet to be uh, discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know about the Chelsea Fancast. Yeah, I mean, we, we started about 13 years ago, Shane. Um, we started um, literally, our first podcast was about three days before the second leg of the Champions League semi final against Liverpool, the four all, okay, in 2008. And we've been going strong ever since. So we've, we've had a quite a lot of uh, personnel changes over then. But the, I've got a really good team of about 12 regular people that I have on it. Uh, very well known in the Chelsea community. Most of us are old gits, but not all of us. We're nearly all either home or and away season ticket holders. Some of us have been going for over 50 years. Uh, some of us have written loads of books on Chelsea, like Marco, Dean, Clayton. They've all written books. I write for football.london as well. I write for about five of us write for the CFC UK fanzine. So we're all very deeply embedded in, in a lot of the kind of the match going supporter culture, which is, you know, going, obviously, drinking, obviously, but also writing about it. Um, and we're really, really good mates. And my, my golden rule for the fan cast is you don't come on the fan cast unless you go to the games with me and you have a drink in the pub before and after. And that is pretty much true of everybody who's on the show. And that's pretty much true of everybody who has always been on the show. So there you go. And, you know, along the way, we won a couple of awards. We won the Football Blogging Awards back in 2012 and 2015. So, you know, but the reality is, Shane, is that, you know, we don't do it for money. We don't do it for likes. We do it because we love each other and we love talking nonsense about the club that we love. 
and that's the best reason to do it and that's the if, if it wasn't for that i wouldn't it's a lot of bloody work and i wouldn't do it unless i enjoyed it and i enjoy doing it and i enjoy more to the point i enjoyed doing it hugely with the people that i enjoy doing it with at chelsea fancast on twitter facebook instagram i'm at stamford chidge and the chelsea we have a website chelseafancast.com and uh, the podcast well we do it live actually shane so you you know people can listen to it live at seven o'clock on a monday gmt and seven o'clock on a friday when we do the preview show uh, and there's a as a kind of an internet radio streaming site called mixler mixlr.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast so that's great because people can interact with us live while we're doing the show but then we shove it up as a podcast and that's uh, available on spotify acast uh, apple you know, Amazon, Google, Podbean, you name it. It's on all the usual kind of stuff. Once again, my listeners, please, I implore you guys to right now, stop the episode and go give Chich a follow on Twitter because he's a great <laughs> follower there. But also, of course, go listen to their broadcast because they do such great work and they've been doing such successful for such a long time. They're enjoying themselves. Of course, always, you can find our podcast on Instagram at Lad from Matthew Harden Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Shane Holcomb 13 Make sure... To give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps out the podcast a lot. There's a two-week international break right now for our Blues fans, but there'll still be content that will be coming in the next couple weeks. Until next time, though, Chelsea fans, stay safe, talk soon, and up the Chelsea.